This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. So this quarter, uh, the, the umbrella, the big umbrella that we've been under is missions and, and how God gets glory, the supremacy of God in missions. And so please understand, today what we're doing is we're going under that umbrella in just one little area of the overall all-encompassing issue of missions is we're going to be talking about prayer, specifically by God's children for missions and how God gets a supremacy through that. Have you ever had those nights when you, something gets in your mind you just... You can't sleep. You're thinking of it continually all night long. Well, that's kind of what you go through when you put these lessons together. Every morning I get up and I'm, I'm laying there or I'm just getting up and my mind starts thinking about this. And so every day you have something else you'd like to add to it. But I'm going to try and stick to the script here so we can get out on time. Uh, that is a good thing. That would be an answer to prayer, I'm sure. So. Uh, but we're going to be looking at prayer and, and how God glorifies himself through the spread of uh, the, the gospel. Uh, and specifically today, we want to try and improve our understanding of just the one focus, one area of prayer and relate that to the work of missions. And I've put in your handout a verse that I, that I thought of one of those in the morning think of things. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2, and all of us could probably quote it from memory. Uh, but it says, bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. And when you bear someone's burdens, there's a lot of ways you can do that. But it's going to, at nothing else, if there's nothing else, you are going to expend some of your time bearing someone else's burdens. If you go over, if you bake that pie to take to your neighbor, the pastor was talking about, it's going to take some time. Of course, it's going to take some resources. But in any event, it's going to take some time. But in, in Galatians, in chapter 6, Paul's closing out his letter to the church at Galatia. And he says, folks, listen. There are some things that should be evident in your life, and they're referred to as Christian graces, things that people should see in your life and in my life. And, and Paul lists some of those, and he says, you know, think about it. Kind of look in the mirror. Are, are, is this something that you can see in my life? Uh, and, wow, you could just tie this into a lot of things, but things like meekness and gentleness, humility, kindness to all men. And, and that goes right along with what Pastor was preaching on this morning, on the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, and, and, but kindness to all men, especially to those of the household of faith. Thinking about missionaries. Thinking about each of us, one another, bearing one another's burdens. But... Uh, Paul exhorted those people in Galatia that this should be these things, these Christian graces, these traits, these characteristics, these godly things should be evident in their lives. 
And one of those is prayer. And that's what we're going to look at today. So you hold in your hands the divinely inspired, divinely preserved word of God. This is not about Paul talking to Galatia. This is Paul speak. This is God speaking through Paul, preserving his word, speaking to you and speaking to me. And we need to understand it that way. We're just not studying a history book. We're looking at and listening to God speak to us. Uh, and that's, uh, I think, important. But we'll only be focusing on bearing one another's burdens today through prayer. And so with that as kind of an introduction, uh, your first blank here, number one, is prayer. Uh, and God has a, a, a great plan for missions. You and I get saved. We understand the gospel message. We take it out. We share it with other people. And as we studied last week, what's going to happen in the process of us sharing the gospel? We are going to run into difficulties and sometimes seemingly insurmountable odds. I love pastor's illustration. I mean, how many times are you going to put up with that person pulling the flowers out of your yard, ladies? That's, that's, a, that's a difficulty. That's, that's going to be an obstacle for you reaching them with the gospel. Uh, and that's where we need to go to prayer and say, Lord, in, the, in my mission effort to my neighbor, how can I overcome that? You see how this ties together? Missions is not just overseas. It's local. It's individual. It's personal. How are you going to fulfill the great commission that God has given you individually and personally? Uh, and so we get to that point, we have these problems, these insurmountable odds, and we realize we can't do it ourselves. We go to God in prayer. Our hope, our supplier, the one that meets our needs, we go to him and prayer and pray, Lord, help me to overcome this difficulty. Help me to get through this situation in my life that just seems so bad that it's weighing heavy on me. Uh, and God, this is the good part, God answers in a way that's best for us. He is an all-wise, all-knowing God. He knows the future, and he answers in a way that's best for us. Praise God for that. And so we praise him. Once he answers our prayer, then what can we do? We can publicly praise God and say, look what God has done in my life. Look what God has done for me. And, listen, and it shakes out like this. God gets all the credit. God gets all the praise. And God gets all the glory. And so that's how God gets glory uh, through prayer. And so with all that said, we're going to look at uh, some scripture today. We're going to ask a few questions. And hopefully in answering those questions, uh, we'll just maybe improve our understanding of how God uh, gets glory uh, through answering prayers and ties it all into missions. So with that, we're going to go to letter A. Letter A, your first blank there. How does God glorify himself through prayer? That's our first question that we're going to hopefully answer. How does God glorify uh, himself through prayer? And point number one, God, and your blank is delivering. 
God delivering his people as they pray glorifies himself. God delivering his people as they pray glorifies himself. And we have Psalm 50, verse 15 there says, and listen, and understand this and think as we read this psalm, I want you to picture God speaking to you, okay? God says, and call upon me in the day of trouble, I will deliver thee and thou shalt glorify me. And if you didn't get it, God's saying, you're going to have trouble. Don't go to Oprah. Don't go to those real life magazines or whatever you see at a checkout stand at a supermarket. That's not where you need to go to get the answer. God says, you're going to have trouble. Call upon me. I'll deliver you. And then you can glorify me. I don't know about you, but I really, really enjoyed the praise and thanksgiving service we had Tuesday evening. I really enjoyed that. And one thing I noticed is, is there were so much praise and so much glorifying God in, in that whole service, the pastor had to cut it off. That, there was a lot going up, and that was, that was wonderful. Uh, even with all the stuff going on in 2020, we heard personal testimonies from real people that we know that says, I can give God the glory for how he uh, blessed me, how he answered my prayer. Some were medical, some were financial, some were this or that, housing, whatever. But all, everything that was done, no one in here stood up and said, guess what I did in 2020. Everyone stood up and says, to God be the glory, I was able to overcome this obstacle. I was able to get through this trial, this tribulation came, but God got me through it. And that I really, really enjoyed uh, Tuesday evening. Say a little more about that later. But as I thought about it, here's what I thought about. The same God that delivered Daniel out of the lion's den thousands of years ago is the same God that met me and got me through my trials, met you and got you through, through your trials in 2020. That same God is still there, still answering his children's prayers. And praise God for that, and that's why we can give him all the glory. God delivering his people as they pray glorifies him. And the next one, uh, in number, point number two, God answering his people's prayers glorifies him. God answering uh, his people's prayers glorifies him. And this kind of ties in with the last one a little bit. I had to stop and think about, what, you know, answering a prayer, this delivers or answers prayer. And you can see how they're kind of close and, and related there. Uh, but John chapter 14 and verse 13 is the verse we have there. It says, And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. God's going to answer prayer and that he can be glorified uh, in the Son. And so when it comes to answering prayer, I thought, Lord, I, I like an illustration here in my mind immediately went to George Mueller. I think everyone here probably knows who George Mueller was and how he uh, spent his life taking care of orphans and building orphanages 
And uh, D.L. Moody, when he visited him, says, what? he says, this is great. Look at all that you've got. He says, now, now, now tell me about the program you used uh, to raise funds to, to build this orphanage. Most of didn't have any program. Well, you must have had some uh, fundraising thing, some plan or something to build it. He says, didn't have any. He said, well, how did you get the funds to build all this? He said, through prayer. That's how George Mueller got all these things. And so I went uh, to, to find the I had an illustration in my mind. I found it on the Internet, and it was actually by Harvest Ministry, kind of like a daily bread thing. So I just want to read this one illustration of how God answers prayer for his children. And it goes like this. One morning, all the plates and cups and bowls on the cupboard were empty. There was no food in the cupboard and no money to buy food. The children, the orphans, who were standing there waiting for their morning meal when Mueller said this. I mean, he knew what was going on. He saw the empty cups in place. And he says this, children, you know we must be in time for school. And so lifting his hands, then he prayed, Dear Father, we thank thee for what thou art going to give us to eat. That's a man of prayer. That believes that God's going to answer prayer. And so, uh, my fingers get dry and I turn two pages. So, next thing is there's a knock at the door. The baker stood there and said, Mr. Mueller, I couldn't sleep last night. Somehow I felt you didn't have bread for breakfast, and the Lord wanted me to send you some. So I got up at 2 a.m., baked some fresh bread, and brought it to you. And... He had no sooner left than there was a second knock at the door, and it was uh, the milkman. He announced that his milk cart had broken down in front of the orphanage, and he needed to get the milk out of the wagon so he could fix it, so he wanted to give the milk to the children. That's God answering prayer for his children. You may want, not want to do that for breakfast tomorrow, but you could. The same God that did it for Daniel did answers prayers today. The same God that answered prayers for George Mueller could answer them for us again today. But when God answers his prayer for his children, that glorifies God. What a wonderful, mighty, powerful God we serve. And then number three, God answers prayers, cause, answered prayers cause children... Christians, I have these, and the distance is just, so I'm going to have to get down. <laughs> Sorry. Answered prayers causes Christians to be joyful, and that glorifies the Lord. God answers, answered prayers cause Christians to be joyful, and thus glorifies God. John 16, 24 says, Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name, ask and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. Christians having their prayers answered causes joy. Recently, uh, maybe some of you here, I know some of you were here at the, the uh, celebration of life uh, ceremony for Ed Neese, uh, and over at Wayside Baptist Church in Pastor Coles was there, and there was a time of testimony. People got up and took the mic and said something about, they remembered about Ed Neeson, you know how that goes. Pastor Coles got up, 
and he said this about Ed Neese. He said, I never knew Ed Neese could dance. <laughs> he said, but when his brother walked the aisle and got saved, Ed Neese was dancing in the aisle. And that was Pastor Cole's testimony about Ed Neese. So do you get the picture? God answered the prayers. And Ed had been praying for many years for his brother to get saved. And when God answered that prayer, Ed was full of joy. And it showed. So, and that's the way it should be. When God answers our prayer, we should be joyful. We should thank him. And those are just some of the ways that God gets uh, glory when he answers our prayers. And that brings us to our next letter, letter B. Folks, there's so much more we could say about these. And just please forgive me that they're all short and we just go through them. But hopefully it'll help your mind get the wheels turning and bring something. God will bring something else to your mind. But letter B, if God will win, and that's your blank there, win. If God will win the war, why should we pray? And I think a lot of people have asked that question down through the annals of time. If God's going to win the war... Why should we pray? Well, I want to look at three passages of Scripture and say this. And here's what I want you to keep in mind. God has not revealed in his word his specific will about you and me and our life. He hasn't specifically told us where our next house should be or what kind of car we should drive or things like that. He hasn't revealed his specific will, but he has in his word revealed his general will for every single Christian. And that's why the Bible is, is a living word that, that can be passed on from generation to generation because God's general will for people to pray 2,000 years ago is the same today. We should be praying today and the Lord tarries 2,000 more years, people should be praying 2,000 years from now. So God has revealed his general will and we're going to look at three passages of scriptures that show that. And Genesis 49.10 is the first one that says, The scepter shall not depart from Judah nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come and, and unto him shall the gathering of his people be. This verse is taken from Genesis as when uh, Jacob is getting ready to pass off the scene and die, and he's blessing his children. And he uses the word Shiloh in this verse. And Shiloh refers to that promised seed, the coming promised seed that they're looking forward to. They said, where this coming seed? And, and that's what Shiloh is referring to, which, of course, is our Savior, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. Jacob was prophesying that the Savior would come, and Judah would have authority until that happened. Judah being the ruling tribe and kind of in charge of things as you go throughout history there, until Jesus was crucified. And then we know that Jerusalem was sacked, the temple was destroyed, the records of Israel was lost, and they depended a tremendous amount on genealogy and that sort of thing. But all that stuff is gone. Why? They don't need it anymore. Christ is the one that's in authority. So... Uh, God prophesied that even in the time of Jacob that Christ would be coming and Judah would be there until that happened. Matthew 16, 18 is the next one. 
says, I say also unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Remember, we're talking about if God's going to win, which he says he, he will, and he will. Jesus made it very clear, very clear that it is his church that will be built upon the rock-solid foundation where Jesus Christ is the cornerstone, the word is the foundation that's all there. That foundation, Christ's church will be built upon that and no one ever, not the Romans, not us today, not people in the future, will prevail or overcome or, or take it over. Uh, we got Christ's church will last. No one will ever triumph over it. Then John 10, 16, And other sheep I have, Jesus speaking, and other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. So the prophecy here is, Jesus is stating, remember, who did he come to first? His own people, the Jews. So he's telling the Jews, he said, no, get this, brothers, Jewish brothers, you're not the only ones. There's other people out there that's going to hear my voice, and they're going to come to me. But at the end of the day, there's going to be one sheepfold, Jew and Gentile alike. There's going to be one sheepfold and one shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ. So these are the prophecies that, that we looked at there. Uh, God's general will is that uh, a Savior would come, and he did, as God prophesied. And that the church would be built, and it was, and it is, and will continue to be built. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, there's going to be one sheepfold and one shepherd. And so those are the prophecies we looked at, and we see how God has fulfilled the prophecies. He is fulfilling it and will fulfill it. So the question begs, why pray for missions if God's going to win the war? Well... Real easy. For one thing, God tells, tells us to pray. Jesus told us to pray. When he was asked about prayer, what did he say? Pray this. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. He told us to pray that God's will would be done. And then uh, he also told us to pray for what? The Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers. He told us to pray for that. Well, if God's going to win the war, how, why, why do, I don't understand it all. Pray without ceasing, the Bible says. I don't have all the details. If I could tell you exactly what God is intending, then I would be God, and I'm not. Uh, and so, but I do know God's general will. I don't know his specific will, but I know his general will is for me and for you to pray that his will, his purpose, his design his desired outcome will occur. Pray that thy will be done. God will win the war. That's his part revealed in the word. We get to pray. That's our part revealed in his word. So I hope that helps with that. And so next we would ask uh, in, ver in letter C, and your word there is central. Why must prayer be central to God honoring prayer? 
Remember, there's a lot we could talk about today. We're just focusing on missions, but why must prayer be central to God-honoring missions? Number one, because God, and there's two words there, will not. God will not give his glory to another. He will not give his glory to another. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He didn't say, I'm going to share the way with others. He said, I am the way. So there's only one. But James chapter 4, verse 16, listen to this. Think about this. This is a good verse to commit to memory, I think. But now ye rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. Have you ever met the person that says, you know, let me tell you what I did. No, you didn't. I can do nothing without Christ. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. We understand that, but I can do nothing without Christ. And as we go out, and we're talking about missions, we're talking about spreading the gospel, and as we go out, and if something is accomplished, some good comes out of it, it's evil for us to think that we did it. I put this mission program together. No, you didn't. God gave you the desire to do something. God provided you the resources. He brought along fellow laborers. He provided finances or, or things to, to carry it out. Whatever it is, it's God uh, who gets the glory. And as we go out, we don't ever boast in ourselves, but it is good to boast on God and say, look what God has done. God is the one that sends people out. It's God who provides. It's God who sustains. It's God who converts, rescues, and saves souls. Yeah, we, we plant and we water, but it's God that gives the increase. And so we need to be praising God. Any boasting at all must be about God and glorify him through the boasting that we have, through the rejoicing. Yes, we can rejoice over great things that have been done, like we did Tuesday night. But we rejoice in what God has done, what God has allowed us to be a part of, his work, his mission, his outcome. So that's why uh, it, it must be central, and he will not share his glory. Uh, and then we see that, uh, number two, so that we get the help as he gets the glory. So we get the help as he gets the glory. Psalm 121.1. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. You know that verse, you know it very well. But prayer for missions is God honoring when we understand, not just with our head, but with our hearts, where our help comes from. When we understand that, Lord, I want to accomplish this mission. You, you burdened my heart for this ministry in the church or for a missionary or whatever. Uh, then we need to understand with our heart that we, we go to God. He's the one that helps us to accomplish what must be done. And we lift up our eyes. We lift up our hearts. We lift up our prayers to God. He's the one uh, that from whence cometh my help. And the third reason why must prayer be central to God-honoring missions is, number three, we want to bear fruit 
that will last. Bear fruit that will last. John 15, 16, Jesus said, Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit. And notice he says, And that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye ask of the Father in my name, he may give you. Yes, it's wonderful. And it is wonderful. It is cause for rejoicing when we see someone walk the aisle or someone pray and ask to receive Christ as their Savior. That's good. It's very good. But isn't it better when you see them grow in the Lord, when they mature in the things of Christ? For instance, maybe a young person, you see them go off to college and they come back and they're ordained as a pastor and they go off and take a church somewhere or they become a missionary. That's what we're talking about, fruit that remains. That's what we need to be praying about. Pray for the young people. Pray for the new convert, that God's will would be done and that their fruit would remain, that they would, uh, as I've heard it said before, they would stick by the stuff. And that's what we want, to see them stick by the stuff and the fruit would remain. It honors God when we pray for those new believers. And prayer is central to God-honoring missions. And since that's the case, we look at uh, item D. What constitutes effective prayers for missionaries? What constitutes the prayer for effective missions for, for any mission, whether it's individual, whether it's local, whether it's overseas, international missions? But what constitutes the prayer? And I think the first prayer that comes to mind is James chapter 5 and verse 16, the last part. Uh, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. You know, I've used that when I was presenting the jail ministry, when I was asking the church to pray for the ministry. We've heard it from our missionaries that are here. And we understand that with our head. And we need to understand that, that our, with our heart. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man, meaning humans, people, men and women. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. It doesn't mean that, that that's a check in the block. That doesn't mean we're doing what God wants us to do, but it means we're actually accomplishing much in God's will, in God's program of missions. And we have four things under that. Fervently, and that just means being serious about when we're praying for missions. And not be flippant about it. Not doing it because, oh, I want to put a check in the block. I, I'm supposed to be praying for missions, so I'm, I, I'm going to be praying for them here for just a minute. No, it's fervent, being serious about it. And persevering. Knowing uh, that God asks us to pray, we, we, we continue to pray even even if we don't see much fruit at the time, doesn't mean God's not working the night shift. Doesn't mean that God's not accomplishing something uh, that we don't see. Uh, and in his time, uh, he will bring forth the fruit. That's his part. Our part is to keep on keeping on, to keep on praying for missions, to keep on praying for whatever God burdens our heart for, even if we don't see the fruit at, at this time. Brother Ed praying for his brother for years. Didn't see any fruit, but he kept on praying. Years went by, no fruit, but he kept on praying. 
and God brought forth the increase in his time. Uh, and I hope we can see that. And then informed. Isn't it nice to know something about the missionary you're praying for? Isn't it nice to know what they need and, and what to pray for? And we'll say a little bit more about that in a minute. But praying confidently, having assurance and confidence in our God that he wants us to pray, that he's going to answer prayer in the way that's wisest to him, in the way that he wants it done. Uh, and, and we pray and God answers prayer and he will accomplish it. So we need to pray confidently. And so let's take a few minutes and look at our next question. And I believe it's E. All right, didn't skip anything. E, how do we prepare? How do you prepare? And that's the blank. Prepare yourself for missions. And I've listed seven things. Some are very obvious. Uh, but uh, first off, realize that your prayer for missions helps us, and the word is mature, as Christians. Helps us mature as Christians. And, and I really want you to think about this. I want you to hear this. God puts a burden on your heart to pray for missions, or you decide to pray for missions or whatever. Do you understand missions is God's will? Okay, he wants it accomplished. The missionary is out there on the field, and he wants to accomplish God's will. So what you're doing by prayer is you're becoming a cog on the wheel, you're injecting yourself into God's plan, and you're getting in tune with the creator of the universe. His will, his desire, what he wants done, you are becoming a part of it. You're thinking like him. You're wanting to meet his will, fulfill his desires. And I hope you understand that. And that's going to change the way you think about things. That's going to change the way you live your life. The more you think about missions, the more you pray for missions, the more you get involved with missions, it's going to change the way you think. Hey, why are you buying all that stuff? Oh, well, there's a food thing going on, and I just want to thought I'd buy some food for missions. Oh, well, there's this going on, and I thought I'd do that. Well, why don't you spend the money and do that? Well, oh, because we're trying to raise money for a sign at church, and I don't want to put it. You understand you're, you're, you're taking your mind, your focus off the world and putting your focus on the things of God. You're becoming more in tune with God and his desires and his wants and his needs. And so moving on, uh, number two, compile a list. Rather obvious, but compile a list. And that's your blank there, a list of missionaries. Now, a list of missionaries, and for those on live stream, by your support by church, the church that you attend, that you support. And if you don't have a home church, you come here. We've got a list of missionaries for you. Uh, but compile a list of missionaries that's supported by your church, and that's easy to find. Uh, and it's a great place to start. And then expand your missionary list by missions that you become aware of. And... and <laughs> I wasn't sure I was going to do this, but I will. I was thinking about Tuesday night. Uh, and so I'm going to talk about someone that, that will remain anonymous because I don't want to embarrass Elva. But <laughs> at, the, at the prayer service uh, Tuesday night, this anonymous woman was talking about how she witnessed her daughter and their church and what they were doing and how they were giving out food and giving Bibles and praying with people. That's a great missionary outreach, I think. Uh, and I, 
my guess is that this anonymous person would probably pray for the success of that missionary effort. So the point I'm making is that you'll, you'll become aware of missionary efforts and maybe our church doesn't support them, but you may want to pray for them as well. And you can add them to your mission list and, and, and pray for those. And then number three, systematically. Systematically pray through your list of missionaries. In a, I can guarantee you in a relatively short period of time, you're going to have a, a, a lengthy list of missionaries, but do not. Do not get overwhelmed and say, oh, I got so many, I don't know what I'm going to do. Don't get overwhelmed with that. I'll say more about that in just a second. Um, number four, develop a specific schedule. And that's your word there, schedule. Develop a specific schedule uh, to pray for missions. You have this long list and all these missionaries. You don't have to pray for everyone every day. Maybe you want to break them up by days or throughout the month or alphabetically or geographically, however you might want to do that. Uh, but just break it up, and, but have a schedule. And then develop a specific, and, and the specific schedule, tailor that to meet your need. You're going to find people in the pulpit that will say, every day you ought to be praying for all these missionaries. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I run into a little bit of time praying for all the missionaries that we have in our church, and that's a lot. But I could pray for a couple every day. I could pray for five a week or ten a week or however you would want to break. But make the schedule specific to you. And then locate missionary prayer letters, and prayer uh, is the next item there. For us here at Good News Baptist Church, that is easy day. How many letters were in this morning's bulletin? Two? Okay, so two in there this morning. Uh, every bulletin, almost every bulletin we have, has new missionary letters in it. A and you can get those missionary letters and, and read those. And then there's, you can also, uh, well, I did this. I, I had a missionary in mind and went to his mission board and pulled up his name, and there was his prayer letters. So you can do that uh, as well. Uh, so just different ways to get uh, the recent prayer letters. And then the next one, number six, find resources, resources that educate you on their specific demographics. Uh, there's a website out there called operationworld.org. OperationWorld.org, and it has all the countries in the world listed, a lot of things about them. It gives you the exchange rate and where they're located and temperature and all this sort of thing to help you get a picture. If you have time and you can look into it, it helps you get a feel for what that missionary in Senegal or that missionary in India is putting up with. You know what the exchange rate is for India? It was 72 to 1. Uh, there are some very expensive areas in India. There's some very inexpensive Indi areas in India. So wherever that missionary is, the, can you see how the specific demographics are going to maybe change what you need to pray for? I knew a missionary that was home on furlough, and they met this couple, and they said, hey, we sent you $25 one time. You know, do you remember that? Oh, yeah, I remember that. Can I ask you what you bought with it? And they're thinking, you know, Bibles, tracts, whatever. And they said, well, you know what? Where we live, it's so expensive to live there. We had not had milk in months. And we were praying that we could get some milk. And that $25 bought us a gallon of milk. 
So you see, there, there's different things you can pray for for the, the individuals. So the last thing, number seven, is... Uh, I have it here. To get to personally know missionaries. Personally is the word. Missionaries come and they put their tables out there and we're dismissed. And having been there and done that, it's a little bit disheartening to see missionaries standing there with his wife and people walking by and no one talking to them. Just saying, hi, how you doing? Shake their hand. Welcome to the church. We do a great job here at this church. We do. Don't get me wrong. I'm not beating you up. But I'm saying that uh, this is one thing we can do is get to know them. And the more you get to know them, the more you're going to love them, the more you're going to want to pray for them. And the last thing I want to say on prayer is this. With over, with hundreds of prophecies that were accurately fulfilled in the Old Testament. And the prophecies looking at the New Testament as it relates to unbelievers. How can anyone deny the Lord Jesus Christ? How can anyone not ask him to save them? Uh, and how can anyone avoid that? So... If you've never prayed to receive Christ as your Savior, that's your first prayer. Let's pray. Father, we pause and we thank you for your word. Thank you that you divinely inspired it and divinely preserved it and you have it here for us. Lord, help us to grow. Help us to mature individually and corporately as a church uh, that your will may be done, Father, and that we have the honor, the privilege, privilege to pray for your will to be done. Lord, help us uh, in this way. And Lord, we pray for Pastor and Mrs. Coles. Bring them back safely to us. And Lord, we look forward to maybe this week doing something where we could praise you and glorify your name. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, please visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We encourage you to share this message with others. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened and God's word has had an impact on your life as together we strive to show forth the path of life. Press on.